Good morning, Rock Bible Church. You guys keep packing this place out. We're going to have to go to a second service. Oh, it's not a threat. My goodness. It's like pastor was so surly today. Um, uh, Good morning. Welcome to Rock Bible Church. Okay. When I threaten a second service, you guys all, I say good morning, and you're like, yeah, good morning. I lost you already. Two sentences in. Uh, We are a Christ-centered church. Amen? And we are biblically based. So that's pretty much all we try to do. Okay, well, how do we do that? Well, we compel ourselves and others to Christ in a casual way where all are welcome to worship. And then we try to be a community that serves a greater community. Now, are we perfect? Amen. We're all working on it and doing the best we can. And we do the best we can by being Christ-centered and biblically based. So uh, that's what we're doing. We're continuing our series in 1 John chapter 4 this morning. Uh, One more week and the book is over. But have no fear, there's a second John. And then, then there's a third John we're thinking about introducing a fourth John, but I believe that's called heresy, so we're just going to stop at third John. Um, uh, so if you have your Bibles out, go ahead and get those out. Uh, everything will be up on the screen, as is always here at RBC. We tend to go through passages, chapter at a time, verse by verse, because uh, it works for my all my undiagnosed conditions. So a um, uh, couple things, uh, men's group, we are back on tomorrow night, and then uh, Wednesday morning uh, we'll be off, okay, so Wednesday group will be off, Wednesday morning, uh, Monday group we will be on, okay, so if you have questions about that, I know we're guys, we forget, just come see me after, I right? would love to get you involved in our men's ministry. Uh, let's pray, and then we'll... Uh, jump in both feet. Lord, thank you for this morning and the reminder that your mercy reigns. We just sang it. Like a flood, your mercy reigns. May we be clear this morning that regardless of anything that's going on, you are the author perfecter, creator, sustainer, deliverer, savior, and that you're hands-on with us. We have your word, we have your spirit, and we have the opportunity to fully engage with you. I pray that's what happens this morning through this passage and our time. We ask that you bless it, uh, touch us, speak to us, guide us, lead us, heal us. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Beloved, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. I love that word, beloved. I feel like I'm at a wedding. We have any uh, weddings coming up or anything? Any? Um, what's that word? Cherished, dear friend. What's, what's the main word in there? Dissect it. Love. Yeah, cut off the ends, right? Love. Once you uh, get out your outline, look at the top. It says 1 John chapter 4. I think it has the date. And then it says, we love. love. 
very simple, right? He starts it off with beloved. Look at the fill-ins. You notice the fill-ins? This is an acronym. It's, a, it's pastoral law that once a quarter you have to have an acronym, right? Otherwise, uh, I don't know. Actually, I get paid by the acronym, so I had to do it. Um, he's going to talk about beloved. Who's that? Is that us? Okay, what's he going to tell us to do? Love. And because he loves us, we're supposed to love. He calls us beloved. The acronym's love. All right, we love. Is that enough? We done? Or should we actually go through it? Uh, John's going to kind of walk through something we already know. You you were going to church and somebody says, hey, how was church? Oh, they talked about something I already knew. Yeah, that's every week. Right? Um, 27 times he's going to use that word, love. Now, that's very controversial because you could call it 29 times if you want to count beloved in verses 1 and 7. So between 27 and 29 times, he's going to just bombard us with this word. I'm not sure there's many passages in the scripture where a word is repeated that many times. Right? So uh, just by repetition, is this important? Okay. Um, beloved means you are loved. That's what it means. You're loved. You're cherished. You're special. You're more than a friend, uh, more than adopted, more than family, more than got a good contract. You're loved. He starts off making sure you know your status. Right? And he makes you comfortable and then now he's going to come in. Boom. Take some shots at us. Ready? Beloved, uh, do not believe every spirit. Ooh, that's nice. You mean when people come up to me and say, I've had a leading. I do not have to always believe them? Huh. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God, which spirits do we follow? We follow the godly ones. How do you know? Oh, we test them. Great. Awesome. Thank you for the generality, Scott. How do I specifically, what's the how-to on how to test? Good luck. Ask the pastor. Ask the, <laughs> ask the pastor. Um, does it align with Scripture? Have you seen it before? What do other Christians say about it? Like the pastor. There's... Ways to test it. Who wants you to know more than anybody whether the Spirit is from God? God does. Will He let you know if it's from Him? Yeah, sometimes it's just the spidey sense, right? Or your Jedi powers. Just something, the sniff test fails. Eh, something sounds wrong about this. Guess what? It's probably wrong. And yet we, we're so into being included, being a member, being accepted, being part of the group. Uh, we avoid conflict or confrontation that 
Fred says something, and we just kind of go with it. Well, I guess Fred said it must be true. No. No. Have you ever heard a bad idea? That was a bad spirit. Right? They're everywhere. In fact, Scripture would tell us most of them. Most of the things out there are generated by who? Knuckleheads. That's, I mean, this is the fun part. We're, we're all knuckleheads when it comes to God. Now he says in more fancy terms, there are none righteous, no, not one. Yes, that means we're all knuckleheads and he's not. He's exceptional. And so we should, we should be um, fixating on the things he sends us. Rather than, oh, those, those are nice and cute gifts and things that you gave me, but I'm going to go over here and twiddle my thumbs on my own idea. No. they got to be careful. Just, just because your friend says it, your pastor says it, um, newsflash, I'm wrong sometimes. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> but um, I love when somebody points out, you know, Scott, you said this, da 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 scripture here, and, and I go, ooh. We just tested the Spirit, and I just found something, right? And, and by the way, uh, that does not give you permission <laughs> to come after me, okay? Or challenge me or question me. There's a couple people that have that authority in my life, okay? Um, I'm probably sure you can guess who they are, <laughs> all right? But, I mean, if you can... Well, no, leave her alone. Go talk to Tompkins. He'll come get me. Or um, Here's the thing. Most... Gosh, I don't know. There's, there's people who are really good at this whole testing the spirits thing and know how to approach people when they're testing the spirit to say, hmm, I don't know, Scott, right? Um, Robert in our church, great at it. And we need more people like that. But know that most of you are not. Okay? Practice on yourself. For the rest of your life. Until you perfect it. When will that be? Okay, good. All right? So if you're not Julie, John, or Robert, that's it. <laughs> okay? Um, it's, it's really easy to go off the deep end and follow a spirit that's sending you the wrong direction. Because it's going to appeal, appeal to your greed, your status, your emotions, your thoughts, uh, your fears, and it, it's going to suck you right in. Um, it's an addiction, right? And we've met the overzealous, right? The modern-day Pharisee, uh, the radical. Um, know that this is a human tendency. Look at politics right now. World affairs. What's going on? Extremism. Why? This is the disease we have. Oh, that those involved would test the spirits and only respond to that which was from God. Where would we be? Healthier? Peaceful? That's what we need to pray for. Amen? See whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Everybody say, duh. They're everywhere. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. 
That's a, that's a tough one. And it's, it's a great marker, measure. You know, if, if, uh, if you're wondering about someone's religion and where they stand Christian-wise, I, I mean, the simple question, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Came in the flesh. Born of the Virgin Mary. I mean, you can start really going, right? Born of the Virgin Mary. Tempted in every way and yet without sin. Right? Healed, performed miracles. Died, actually crucified. Resurrected on the third day. I love this. You know what this is doing? This is forcing two doctrines. The deity of Christ and the humanity of Christ. Was He fully God? Yes. Was He fully man? Yes. How do those work? No idea. Uh, God's going to have to explain that one. But unless you're willing to entertain that, wrong camp. And there's some other agenda going on. This is basically saying your agenda. Verse 2 means your agenda is you are Christ-centered and you care about what God says. Or another way we say that is biblically based. right? So know that when we help to establish the church, um, we came up of nothing new on our own. We stole all of it from the Bible. Amen? Amen. Okay. I like to point it out when we find it. I will continue to do that. Verse 3. Uh, every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world. How long ago was this book written? Say like 2,000 years. Plus or minus, right? There's some people who are really technical on that stuff. Play along with them and move on to the next point. Okay, About 2,000 years. He's saying already the spirit of the Antichrist. Was there some deity, the Antichrist, or being, not deity, but being, uh, roaming around and causing havoc? Is this like a demon? or mm, How about just anti-Christ? Are there anti God ideas out there. Yeah. It's the most hated race on the planet. They represent God. Right? 2% of our population, and they get 50% of abuse, hate crimes in our country. Why? Because we're, we're anti God as humans. Because if you have a God, then who's in charge? You? Oh, see? And we have control issues. And we see it all around us. Um, this is why I never... Uh, uh, never. Let me see. How can I greenwash this? I am always assured when I hear that people do weird stuff who have no God base. They're free of God, and so they're free of logic. They do weird stuff. Right? Oh, I'm going to try this. I heard it. We, you, no, don't, don't, don't do that. But they just go off and do their thing because they're anti-God. And John says, uh, not only does it exist, and more than you were told it's coming, it's here in plethora. It's everywhere. Surrounded. Right? Little children, you are from God. Amen. And have overcome them. Wait, we won already? What's the first word of the passage? Beloved. 
love it. Okay, that means I accentuated it enough that you remembered it. That's what this means. You've already overcome them. Why? Because you are beloved by the Creator, the all-sovereign, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God. He likes you. I thought you said he loved us. Beloved means we're loved. Yeah, but I have to say he likes you because we use love so much you forget that he, he also likes you. Right? Pastor did that to me one time. So you know God likes you. What? What are you talking about? I thought he loved me. Yeah, he loves you and he likes you also. That felt so good. Right? If you're liked and loved by the supreme being, the bad guy's got a foothold? No. They think they do. Will they get loud? Yes. Will they get ugly? Yes. Will they try really hard? Yes. In the end, looks like we win. They're leaving town. Okay? You've overcome him. Why? Here's it. Here it is. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. End of equation. Now, what's the emotional problem with that sentence? It seldom feels that way. It regularly feels like I'm losing. It regularly feels like, oh, they think this about me, or I'm going to run out of money, or... I don't have that one position or my position might get taken or this relationship's going to... We, we freak out about all these potential losses and, and we forget you're beloved and you already won. If you knew... Do you remember, do you remember being a kid and, and you had very few responsibilities, right? Eat once in a while. Keep breathing. Make it to the restroom on time. That's it. And, you know, if you were in a, a, a healthy, happy household, like some of us that I know, there, there's no fears. There's no worries. It's like, mom and dad love me. They'll be home from work, and I'll come home from school, and there'll be some kind of hot dinner, and life's great. That's our relationship with the Lord. We're meant to understand that that's what he wants for us. That's what he's designed for us. And that is where he will take us. He says, in the end, we are going to be at a banqueting table. Foodies? Where are my fellow foodies out there? Okay, you guys are telling the truth. The rest of you are all liars. <laughs> you love food, right? He says, look, we're going to have a good old time. Um, we're going to celebrate. We're going to have a reception. It's going to be awesome. And the world can do nothing about it. The spirit of the Antichrist can do nothing about it. The only thing that can compromise that is if you choose out. If you start following spirits or things that are anti-God and doing your own thing or doing someone else's thing or some agenda that is opposite of God's priorities, values, and non-negotiables. They are from the world, verse 5, therefore they speak from the world and the world listens to them. This all makes sense. Never be surprised. When you turn on the TV, turn on the radio, read the paper, go to a website, and you see crazy, 
I want you to, I just want to practice this. I want you to say, yeah, that's what I expected. I can't believe it. No, 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 no. That's you getting too emotional and forgetting who's in charge and how it's going to end. Instead, just, yeah, pretty much what I expected. Crazy, illogical, and fast. They're fast at being crazy, right? It's coming quickly. They're going to do world stuff. We, although, we, verse 6, are from God. Period. Is that the, one of the most simple sentences in the Bible? Where's all the descriptors and stuff? We, that's your noun, are from, well, are, verb, from, what is it? No, what form of speech is the word from? From, thank you. Preposition. Another noun. We subject. I mean, it's almost, you barely get the structure of a sentence in this thing. Why does he give us, like, this, I mean, this is the one where you go home. Scott told us something we already knew today. And he talked about it for way too long. I don't know how he does that. Why give us so simple of a thought? Say reminder. Why? Why do we have to be told to test the spirits and not follow every spirit? Why do we why must we be told that? Scotty, no matter what, I'm leaving the kitchen for a little while, but no matter what, while you're in here by yourself, that red thing in a coil, don't touch it. Why did they have to tell me that? Did they know more than I knew? What did they know? That when they left, I must touch the red thing. <laughs> right? We have to be told because He knows what we're prone to. What's that famous line from that song? Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. We, we get off path. We get distracted. Oh, squirrel. Oh, you know, run off. Love that movie. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever does not, is not from God, does not listen to us. These are just basic logic sentences. I love this. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. This is how you can test good and bad. Truth and lie. Works. Error. Is it from God? Is it in line with His Word? Or not? Super simple. Uh, verse 7, here we go. Beloved. There's that word again. Let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God. And what God? And what, what God? Knows. Okay, so I've been spinning on this verse all week. And it's, it's for a different reason than the song that I learned as a kid. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone's love is born of God. And knoweth God, he loves not. Do, do, do. Knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. No one else? Okay, Rob, okay Robin and Fernando. Probably and Probably Hannah. Yeah, and Sarah. 
they, they know everything. And Gene. <laughs> I mean, right? Um, no, at the very end of the sentence, knows God. I, I memorized it from the song, Knoweth God. Right? What's the end game? Beloved, those that are loved, when you love like he has loved because you're from him and want to be like him and around him and the whole thing, guess who you start to know? You start to know him. It's the weirdest thing. I've never been able to get to know somebody that I spent no time with. Right? I this this amazes me. Like people I was somewhere and they're like, Oh yeah, I've met this new person. Oh really? What are they like? Oh I'm not really sure. Where'd you meet him? Uh we haven't met yet. What? Yeah, we've never seen each other. Huh? Yeah, we met online and we've been texting and da 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 it's like that's not a relationship. But is it a start? Okay. Might they meet later? Why? Because they're chasing each other. What if you did that with God? Where would it end up? Where's the path lead? You're eventually going to know Him. And then you have spent so much time and energy in pursuing that relationship. All those text messages, emails, and whatever. It's like, well, I'm going to have to marry Him because, I mean, I, otherwise I'm not going to get a return on all my investment. There you go. Relationship with God. I want to know you, God. When people come to me and say, I don't hear God. I don't feel God right now. I don't understand God. I want this. I want that. I want it. And I want to stop him. He goes, no, no, no. What you really want, you want to know him. It's the weirdest thing. I was in um, high school and this extremely hot, gorgeous girl was like, ooh. Started chasing, pursuing. We went out and then I dated for a while, met the parents, walk up to the door to meet the parents for the first time, stepping gum on the step right before. <laughs> and now I'm spreading it all the whole thing and I've got my shoe off, holding my shoe with gum. Hi, Mr. Clink. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> Married kids. Not sure you can call it a dog, but it's <laughs> plays the role. Um, the pursuit was motivated by many different types of things over time. What's the value? I'm starting to know her. I said starting. Why? Because I'm a dude and she's a chick and I don't get it, right? <laughs> All the electric circuits and the plumbing and there's so many things. Um, that becomes the value of the relationship is that we get to know each other. And, and we get to see who God is over time. Well, how do you do that? 
be like him, spend time with him, talk to him, do the stuff he does. That's why you look at the top of the outline. It says First uh, John chapter four. We love. Why? Because he first loved us. Because it's our in our DNA. It's what we're supposed to do. It is his agenda, and we'll know him. Or knoweth him. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world. Ooh, here's our humanity, deity of Christ thing again. So that we might live through Him. Why did Christ come according to this sentence? What is the one reason from, well, two reasons out of this verse. Uh, I'm not looking for all of the reasons that he came that you can find in other verses, but for the purposes of this morning, we're just looking at 1 John chapter 4. There's two reasons in this um, verse. Can anyone want to, I know this is beyond kindergarten level, but I've delayed long enough and let you read it a couple times in your mind. And did anybody want to venture, stump the band? Either of the two reasons. God loved us, so he came because God said. That's what God wanted. Okay, that's one. What's the other one? Are we going to live? He's trying to show us how reality works. This is how it works. And not, not more than just of your options, this is how it works. No, he's saying this is the only option. You do love like I've shown you love, like the, the pinnacle event on the planet points to, you'll start to get it. You go do anything else. You're not going to be from God or of God, and you're going to... Anybody? Can you... Right? You're just going to... Right? Send His only Son into the world that we might live, how? Through Him. Christ-centered, biblically-based. 1 Corinthians says it this way, for the love of Christ controls us. Therefore, it is no longer I who live, but He who lives in me. My agenda... It's a sound effects morning at church. His agenda... All right, let's put that on. Oh, this is awkward. Uncomfortable. Painful, heavy, costly, time-consuming. Yeah, you'll get used to it. And you'll be better. That's how it works. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us. Bam. Can you love your way in? No. How'd you get in? By being beloved and having already won prior to you doing anything. Well, then if it's already solved, I don't need to love at all because we've already won and I'm already loved. (laughs) I've figured out the equation, Scott. Thanks for the donuts. I'm off to do my thing. No, this is our proper response to him. It's the weirdest thing. When I'm loving towards Julie, she wants to spend more time with me. 
I finally figured it out. The same way with God. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and proved it. Sent His Son to be the Somebody say that again. Propitiation. Everybody together. Ready? One, two, three. Propitiation. Oh, goodness. Are we going to have to talk about this? We are. He came to be the propitiation for our sins. This is, um, we're going to get technical for a second. Don't hold your breath. Okay. Put on your thinking cap for a second. Um, There's a lot of ways that we think about what Christ did on the cross. We've covered a couple of them. It was God's plan and He sent us. He did it for us to live. That's a purpose statement. Right here it says, for our sins, and sounds like a purpose statement. The reason He came was to be the propitiation for our sins. It's a little confusing because... Um, and I think we talked about this last week. I asked anybody if they knew what propitiation means, and everybody was kind of like, I don't know, I think I'm supposed to say Jesus because we're at church, but, um, and I, I gave you a, a, a poor man's definition last week. Anybody remember what it was? Payoff. A payment. Right? I want to I wanna deepen that. If you go to the grocery store and you get a bunch of, stuff and stack it they scan it bag it you pay that's transactional right you're buying something this is um other than that right if you if you drive a little bit too fast and someone notices electronically and sends you something in the mail you have a violation. You owe this much money. Um, are you in trouble? Yeah. When you send in your payment to appease a wrong, you're propitiating your speeding violation. You're paying something off. Rather than just making a payment, you're paying something off. Right? No. Am I really doing it to get rid of the ticket? I mean, I don't like the ticket. I don't want the ticket around. I'm, I'm doing it f- so that the um, county of Alameda or the city of wherever I live have a better relationship with them, right? So pr- propitiation is like we're paying off an account that's in arrears for someone. Who, who paid off the sins? Jesus. But who was it for? Us. So did He die for our sins or did He die for us? You suckers. <laughs> he paid for our sins. But He died for us. Sin will never have that much value that it is worth a son of the living God. A human has that value intrinsically why because they're beloved verse one and three right so he became the payoff where you're going to jail rest of your life i wasn't going that fast 
He says, no. Verse 11. Beloved, three times. So it's actually like 30. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Did he just ought on us? He audited us. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. No one's ever seen God, but how can you see him? You can see his character, his nature when you act like when you when you love your neighbor, you start to see the invisible God in visible ways because it's playing out in your actions. You're going to see it in their in their response too. By this we know that we abide in Him, which by the way, the last two chapters have talked about abiding in Christ ad nauseum. And this is how we know that He abides in us. Because He has given us of His Spirit. Ooh, I love this. If He gave you His Spirit, then who owns the Spirit? No, He gave it to you. Somebody gave you a car. Whose car is it? Now, if he gave you of his car, well, that means you get to use it once in a while, but it's not really yours. You just have full access to it, maybe. I love the way it says it here. He gave us of his spirit. Do we own the spirit? No. He's still in charge. It's still his spirit. But do we have full access to his spirit? Yes. And this is how we test the spirit. To see if they're from God. Do we get a confirmation from the Holy Spirit? Are we, I hope so is right, are we talking to Him, checking it against Scripture, running it by people who we think are more mature and smart and we realize that they're just making their way the same way we are? But this pursuit of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And He says, yeah, we got, we got His Spirit to help us with that. And we have seen, verse 14, and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. We get another purpose statement? Yeah, we're, we're, um, we're establishing Jesus' status. He just got a title right there, didn't He? Savior. Of who? Really? Of the world that is a certain height or a certain gender or a certain ethnicity. It just says... World, what's that little dot after world? Period. period. I love that period. Because what does it do to everyone? It includes them. Puts them in. Verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe that the love that God has for us, God is love, and whoever abides, in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Is he repeating himself and saying it in different ways so that we get it? How do you know God? We love. Bam. That's how you get the title. By this, love is perfected. By the way, second time he's talked about love perfecting us. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because he as because as he is so also we are in the world there is no fear 
in love. Really? But perfect love casts out fear. Really? That kind of sounds familiar. I think we just sang something like that. His grace has taught my heart to fear. What? You just sang that. Amazing grace. His grace has taught my heart to fear. Here it says perfect love casts out fear. How can those both be true? Well, grace, which is really love, because you could change the name of amazing grace to amazing love. Right? Or um, what it does is it differentiates for you. When you experience perfect love, when you experience God's love, you look at that and you go, wow, fear is very different. And actually, if I have this, I know what that is, and I'm done with it. I've cast it out because I'm over here. That's how the two work together. And it's brilliant. There's only one thing you're ever called to fear as a Christian. What's that? We're at church. Ask the question. God's the only thing we're ever to fear. Well, why would we fear God? You fear separation from Him. And you recognize He's the only one who controls it. Now, everybody else, every other John you run into, no longer fear worthy. Every, every other Mary... Fred, Stacy, whatever. None of them have the power to induce fear in you. Why? Because there's one entity. I no longer need fear anything. I recognize what fear is, but I, I recognize what amazing grace, everlasting love looks like. And that's what I'm chasing. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. You're still on the path. We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word. Amen? Alright, it's time for our famous acronym. You notice our verse 19 we just put up there. Oh, verse 21. My goodness. So excited. I was like moving on. This commandment we have from him whoever loves God must also love his brother. We've just restated it, right? Allow me to restate. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen? Amen. All right, good. Now we're now we got all twenty one verses. Um uh, nineteen, I put it at the top. We love because he first loved us. Nice and simple. We love, that's where the title comes from. Well, how do we do that? I mean, how that because that's, and I've said this, and I'll continue to say it. Um, I like devotional thoughts, especially if they come in a meme with pretty flowers around it and stuff. They're great generalities, but unless you give me a practical how-to, like I need a task list in order, prioritized in rank. First, do this, then do that. If that doesn't work, try this, and then. I want troubleshooting for how to love. And that's, I think, part of what John gives us today. So um, I know we, we normally only have three fill-ins, 
You're getting a Sunday service extra this morning. There's four fill-ins. And it's more than I just wanted to be able to have a way to spell out love in my acronym. I think there's four actual concepts going on here. So the second drove the prior. Right? First is this. Uh, listen to God's Spirit. We gotta listen to God's Spirit, okay? You gotta listen to God. how do how do I do that? Is there is there a YouTube channel for that? Is he on a podcast or where do I subscribe? Right here. Within what's that filling? Within us or within? Let's make it personal. You. One of the things I want to convince you of more than anything is God. Second on the list is that He has provided everything you need for your success and your effectiveness in relationship with Him. There's no backstory you have to have. There's no experience you need to have done. There is no fault beyond grace. You have everything you need. It's super simple. He made you on purpose. He likes you. You are going to win. You are loved. And He is doing everything He can to get your attention. You've got a really loud pastor. You've got a massive thick book of all His thoughts. And you have an ability to talk to Him and a spirit that can guide you and give you leadings. It's within you. Uh, but it's also this thing like when you when you first had your ex, like first math experience it was probably 1 plus 1 right but that absolutely changed the game like wait, wait there's a thing called math and you didn't call it math at the time they're just trying to teach you I mean, in fact, back then it was arithmetic or whatever. But the moment you get into a new discipline and realize, wait, there's something more out there. It's kind of like um, the first time you have sushi might be a better analogy. Uh, for some of you, like, oh, you know, or I'm never going to try that. Slimy, soft, blah, blah, blah. I eat cooked food. You know, you got all these preconceived notions that are of the devil. And I'm... Um, But once you finally do it, and they say it takes seven times to really get it or whatever, then all of a sudden you develop a craving and you start experimenting and then the whole thing. And, and now, a night at sushi is super dangerous. <laughs> super dangerous, right? Um, that, that's what our experience with the Spirit, with God, with His Word, with prayer with serving, with tithing, with showing mercy, um, any of those things, the more you do it, at first you're like, ooh, uh, that's what weird people do. I saw some guy on TV doing that. I'm not doing that. But you, you, you start to do it, and you do it in a way that is authentic to you. You get to the end of that one verse where you say you know him. You start to know him. And the leadings get more common, more varied, and more what? More powerful. Like, oh, 
You mean I could do that? You mean I could take instruction from my wife? Gee, Lord. Some of you dudes need to hear that. Right? You mean I could speak respectfully of my husband in public settings? Oh, did that one hurt? <laughs> Gloves are coming off. Right? Um, there's, there's a thing that ha- when you do something, you can do a check of your own spirit to see if it's from God. God, uh, tell me about that. I just did. You ever like say something and, and the words come out and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Right? What is that? That's the spirit in you flashing red lights. Right? You know, it starts with lights. Then he starts to shake you. Eventually, he will shock you. It's like a good dog collar. Okay, so listen to God's Spirit within you. Um, You have access. It's just a matter of you figuring out your password and then going on regularly and get to the point where when you approach God, it just auto-feeds your password and you're in and you're already talking to Him. Right? Uh, Second, own, own the inseparable pairing. There was a pairing in this passage. Okay? I'm just really worried about this. Okay, I just... What was, what was the pairing? What did we talk about? Like, between 27 and 30 times, at least, love and... and oh, there we go. We did it. We're actually a church. The pairing of God and love. Amen? Pairing of God and love, which eventually... Yeah, there we go. We like the pairing of the speaker and the booth as well. Um, but why would we say it this way? Own it. Well, to own something means what? Acknowledge it. Believe it. Make decisions based on it. That there is something inseparable between God and love. In fact, it says God is love over and over. I was thinking about this um, this week as well. We say God is love, and everybody says amen. Yeah, yeah, I get that. What if we said it the opposite way? Love is God. For some reason, that, that fired off some different synapses for me when I started thinking about it that way. God is love, yes, and love is God. Can love exist outside of God? I'm kind of going with no. My ability to love is a gift from Him, exampled by Him for us, so we could not be Him, but, but be Him. Be love. There's something about those two together that's uh, it's like more than a combo meal. You know, in a combo meal, you got the burger and you got the fries and then you got the drink and i've always thought it's a great way of looking at the trinity until you think about it at all and then it really falls apart (laughs) which one has the soggy lettuce on it you know um but but it's almost like in the one entity in like a burger you can't really separate the things of the burger they're just it that's the burger and that's how god and love are it's inseparable if you want to truly love, you're going to have to get in touch with God. You're going to have to know Him. You're going to have to practice His stuff. Get around people that do. 
beg him for forgiveness, direction, uh, ideas, and then see where it takes you. But they're inseparable. Um, I'm getting to the point where I'm, I'm having a hard time looking at reality void of God being part of that whole vision. You know, you, you think, talk about uh, family dynamics or relationships. You can talk about your work environment. You can talk about your schooling, your education, your experiences, your abilities, and can you fix a car and the whole thing. And I, was like, I, I can't think about any of those things without incorporating God in it anymore. Because I believe that reality is Him and He is reality. Kind of like He is love and love is Him. It's, it's more than a combo meal. It's just God. And it's weird because I think that He differentiated some things like taking His Son, sending Him down, having Him be man and all this and do all these things. And He did those things and differentiated them to show that there's different parts of Him no, he did it to give us perspective in terms that we can understand, but the wholeness of God never compromised. It's all one thing, and it just, that's, there's no way to differentiate. He'll give you ways to look at it that might help make it make sense for you. But he says, no, nah, this, is, this is how it is. So, love. V, let's go to V, number three. There we go, right? Value, the mercy shown to you. This is the best um, one for when you're, when you are perturbed with another being, when someone has steppeth on your toeth, right? Cutteth you offeth, posted about you, whatever. Uh, one of the best things for you to do is in that moment, um, think about what has God done for you? When has He let you off the hook? How many different ways has He bailed you out? What are His thoughts and feelings about you? What are the experiences, the positive ones that you have had? And here's the thing. You know, negativity is like a drug. It, not, no, it is. It's not like a drug. It is a drug. Negativity is a drug. It fires off stuff in your body chemically to where um, you have similar experiences as to when you're using an actual drug or a drink or whatever it is because you get addicted to the rush of the negativity. And, oh, and you've met these people who they're pessimistic and negative. And, and they, no, I mean, you could go to the greatest event with uh, food and a concert and, and even your ride was awesome and then someone gave you a free gift, and they'll be like, yeah, the peas were a little cold. What? <laughs> of all the things that we could talk about? You, you skip the guitar player. That one thing he did was pretty amazing. And you're talking about the peas? I want to talk about the philemia. And But they love the rush of being negative, being difficult, whatever, the fight and the conflict, because it fires stuff up in them. Do you know there's a better drug that can do the same thing for you? But it's the slow burn rather than the immediate hit. I'm trying to value the slow burn more in my life than the immediate hit. 
you'll understand this. A nice meal where you take your time, that's pretty good. A combo meal that you pound, you're going to pay for. Right? And you thought the combo meal was cheaper than the nice meal. Depends on how you measure it. Right? Um, the mercy that was shown to you was a son who decided to be propitious with you. It took me a while to just get that word out because I've been practicing it all week. Propitiation is a noun. I wanted to know what the verb was. It's amazing what you can find on the internet in your lexicon. The Greek root of 332 or something like that. It might have been 334. I looked at 333 as well. But he became propitious for you. That you might be propitious. Whoa! Pastor gave us a new word today I'd never heard before. Yeah. We love. We propitiate. Because we're propitious. What do we do? We pay things off. We give things undeserved to those in debt, to us or others. We show mercy. We show grace. We are benevolent. We bless. Did I say serve yet? Oh, twice on Sunday. Okay, we serve. And then we serve again. There, there's your twice. We have to know the mercy shown us so that we, before we can then show mercy. Amazing grace? Why? So you could be amazing at grace. Learn how to value the mercy shown you and you will learn how to value the mercy shown others. And how to be, what was the word? Propitious. Okay? There we go. Last one. Express perfecting love. Express it. See, once you value it, then you can start doing it. I'll give you your two fill-ins there are express love. That's the command. That middle word, though, I didn't underline that so you wouldn't have to write it out because that's a really long word. And I didn't want you to feel like you experienced pastoral abuse today. But what is that word? What does expressing love do to you? It perfects us. It's really not rocket science here, folks. You just read it and think about it and figure it out. But what, you know, I was doing the analogy of it being like a drug and you getting a high from it. When you start experiencing perfection, how good is that? Use the word to define the word. It's perfect, isn't it? Right? When, when you're have concerns about your family, trying to be careful, which I know I don't, I normally, I toss care to the wind. Um, when you're concerned about your family and you have a night where everybody's just at the house and you make dinner together and you just sit around and you're talking and hanging out and your kids are there and your father-in-law's there and 
food turned out that you made. I mean, what's that like? What was that word? Perfect. Perfect? What's the rush from that? I mean, it's like, I got to go tomorrow morning. I got to tell people about this. It's excitement. Fulfillment. It's a... It's an experienced reality. Ooh. Be loving, be merciful, be gracious. Be it because he is it. And he set the example with his son to be the propitiation that you might be propitious and it will perfect you. It will transform you and you will you'll be blown away. Things that you used to fear, no longer a threat. Things that you thought were small, all of a sudden become gigantic and overwhelming and might make you get a little teary. What? I never cared about this before. And all of a sudden you're a mess in public as an adult male talking about somebody you might know who's at least a couple rows in front of you. Um, we want to be transformed. We had, we had that song, Like a Flood, His Mercy Reigns. kind of have a problem with that. It's spelled Reigns, R-A-I-N-S. I think I'd much rather have rain than flood. I think when it says reigns, it should be R-E-I-G-N-S. I maybe was. But this idea that um, I want God to flood me. Flood seems like one of the scariest things on the planet to me. Total loss of control. And you are doing whatever the flood wants to do going to lose everything and you may may not survive it but there's one thing that's really clear the flood is taking you somewhere like a flood I want him to control where he's taking me and then can I have a boat in the flood You know, always love when you see a news report of a massive flood and you see water everywhere. And then some, some guy or gal tucking away at a little boat through the screen, <laughs> you know, going to save people and the whole thing. Um, let's do that, God. Let's figure out what, um, what needs to be perfected in me and how can I take direction from you outside of me. Amen. This is how we abide in Christ. Six times it mentions abide in Christ. We almost named today Abide in Christ Part 3. I think um, as much as we say we love, I think there might be a second uh, title, a Sunday morning extra. Know Him. Know Him. There's a way to do that. You, you might be here this morning and you realize 
I never asked for that. Never said that to God. Um, and we say it lots of ways. I want to be born again. I accept you as my Savior. I believe in the atoning work of your act on the cross. I mean, you, you could go much more simple than that. You could just say, God, I want to know you. I know you know me. Let me know you. Show me how to love. If that's your prayer this morning, amen. Amen? amen. If, you, if that's you, it is the will of the Lord that you talk to me later. <laughs> I just, I want to help, right? You know I signed up for this? Yeah. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> All right. All right, that's, that's good. Hey, um, before we break, I want to do um, a little different. Normally we would pray right now and the band would come up. I want to bring up uh, some, we're going to pray for uh, Anne-Marie Galvan uh, this morning. You know her as Anne-Marie. And uh, let me see, what's the, yeah, you know you're, this is what you've always wanted, center stage, right? Bring the lights up and the whole thing, right? Come on, where's the, okay, no, no, oh, top step, yeah, top step, right, right there, okay, ready? Okay, good. So, uh, dad has needed a kidney for a while. Yes, and he's teased. And you have one. For a little while longer. Next Friday. So today she's uh, she's leaving after church today, flying up, donating her kidney to Dad, uh, Gil. And so um, there there's some like uh, medical tests and things still got to be passed when she gets up there. They're going to be important in Oregon. You're going to be there maybe maybe up until a month. Uh, Dad will be up there up maybe to six weeks even. Um, so there's Gil and Connie. Um, so they're gonna they're at a military hospital up there and the whole thing and we're gonna say prayers for you um, because you're beloved yeah so uh, you're gonna continue to pray for her beyond okay she's gonna be up there for two to four weeks Larry's gonna go help out uh, some and and then uh, we want dad to get a an extension on life. Yes. Amen. 20 more years. He wants, he wants 20 <laughs> more years. He's 80, 83. Okay. So we're praying for 103. All right. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for, um, thanks for Anne-Marie and for a good kidney. Uh, thanks for dad and dads in general. And thanks for the opportunity that of all the hoops, all the things that have had to happen, the prerequisites, they're all, they've all come together to where now we're getting on a flight today, Lord. And there's procedures and risk, and yet we've cast out fear. We know that you love Gil, you love Anne-Marie, you love their family and their friends, uh, us as a church, and we ask your blessing. We have asked for your hand, that you would cover this, guide it, protect it. Lord, show us your reality. And we, may we know you more through this. Pray for both of their health. Pray for their peace of mind. Let's pray, Lord, for uh, protection and then joy. 
Lord, give them joy, everlasting joy, unspeakable joy. We want to talk about this in the future, giggling and laughing as to what a great story it was because we have a great God. So we trust you for all this, Lena, at your feet. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Um, careful, she's a hugger. <laughs> Don't get me. Okay. Don't get me. <laughs> yeah, if you got sniffles, stay away. All right. So uh, let's bring the band up. We're going to take an offering right now. By the way, we have a box in the back. If you want to drop your offering, you can do it there. There'll be offering plates coming up down the aisles. We also can do it online. We never talk about it, but the pastor elder team says I have to mention it once in a while. Apparently, it's part of my job description. So there you go. Lord, thanks for uh, what we get to do here, what we've learned. Help us to know you by being love. Thanks for this offering. We trust you for all of this in your son's name. Amen. Be love. Amen? Amen. Go with him. <laughs>